Pride in Manitoba has come a long way since the first Pride protest in 1987. Although Pride has become a regular event in Winnipeg, many rural communities are celebrating for the first time. In 2019, Pemina Valley Pride held its first event in Morden. For 2S LGBTQ individuals living in rural areas, rural Pride events are a chance to see you're not the only one who feels the way you do. Let's learn more about Pemina Valley Pride coming June 10th with President Peter Volgamut. Let's get into it. My name is Peter Volgamut. I use they, their, them pronouns. Um, I am uh, have been a, a middle years school teacher for 31 years. I'm actually retiring at the end of this year. Oh, congratulations. Thank you very much. I've been involved with Pemina Valley Pride actually since it started. I was also at the first 2019 event. Um, I was one of the speakers at that event. Following that, I was on the board for a while, then I ended up as chair. And then most recently, I've been serving as president of the organization. How about you talk me a little bit about um, your feelings that you had during that first Pride event? I know for myself, for someone who was closeted for very many, many years, seeing a change out in the Pemina Valley was kind of a big moment that allowed me to also take those first steps of acceptance and coming out. Oh, yeah, it was it was a pivotal moment, I think, for quite a few people in the area. I know for myself, I come out not that long before, uh, just I've only been out a few years before that happened. We're kind of at the point of thinking, well, are there any other rainbow folk in this area? Particularly in this area, you have to be a little careful about who you're out to. I've been told that it, that I'm not very good at hiding it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> But it was very much my my spouse, Denise, and I were, were already talking about are we going to need to move to Winnipeg so that I can find some community? You know, um, is that where we're going to need to go? And then I was asked to speak at this Pride event, which was actually put together fairly quickly by a couple of young people in the Morden area. I think one of the biggest takeaways from that event was the realization among members of the rainbow community, but also the larger community, there are a lot of rainbow folk in this area. Mm -hmm. uh, and that I think was, it was encouraging. It was shocking. Um, the number of allies that that were there and the the scale or the the breadth of that allyship, you know, from young kids to seniors, church members, like it was all over. There was just so much support and so many people on, like I said, fairly short notice um, came out to that event. It was life changing. I think for a lot of people, we realized we can have community right here for a very long time, members of the rainbow community have felt to be themselves, they need to leave. They've been pulled out either directly or it's been just very obvious. Um, and I think one of the big changes that came about was simply the realization that, well, if you need to go to, to go to school, something like that, yes, but you also have a place right here. You know, yeah, you, you want to have a home yeah. in the community. Exactly. Um, and that was that was huge. Um, for me personally, I mean, we had the pandemic then, which meant we couldn't do in-person events for a few years. Um, last year, though, we held our kind of subsequent in-person event here in Altona, where I live. That was another big one because there had never been an event like that in Altona. And uh, we had tons of support from a number of churches in the area, from uh, members of town council, from uh, senior admin. Like there was a lot of support. And for me, personally, to have the mayor of the town refer to this as being my hometown. 
was huge. I didn't grow up around here. I grew up in Southern Ontario and uh, I've lived here for quite a while, but um, particularly after realizing that I was myself queer, really didn't feel like I belonged. And then to have the mayor of the town say, yes, you do. And I, I, I told him just how impactful that was for me personally. And to have that kind of event here in town, again, like was a really big deal. And this year we went back to Morden and we're having our in-person event there again this year. It's exciting. Like, despite the challenges growing up as like a, a queer individual in more conservative communities, it is exciting to see the amount of support and acceptance yeah. uh, that there is. And although, you know, there are those that kind of push against progress, progress is being made, but it is something to continue to fight for. And that's what pride is, right? It is a, a protest to continue to be like, hey, people within the diverse community of 2S LGBTQ plus are here and you know we want to be a part of communities we want to be a part of families and just you know celebrate together for yourself and you know we're having pride very very soon what do pride events mean to you a good chunk of the year i mean this is changing but for um particularly in this area a lot of queer folk spend most of the year in very cisgender heterosexual settings that's their context I mean, we do have things like we run games nights, we have a rainbow family event, we have some support groups that happen. But, you know, people go to that in the evening, then the next day and day after day, they're in context that where they may be either openly or, as far as they know, the only queer person in that space. And so um, a pride event is an opportunity for people to, to see each other. I mean, and see in a, a very deep very meaningful way you know it's not just to to visually you know oh there's that person it's like oh you know you're either one of one of us you're either part of our community directly or you support our community you celebrate our community for a lot of people i think that goes a long way to carry them through the year um you know it provides them with that yeah there are people in my community that are like me or that see me, that recognize, that celebrate who I am. And that's huge. I mean, I, I think of like Brandon uh, School Division had their uh, their board meeting to respond yeah, to that I presentation. Saw that. I mean, I know I checked in, I think it was probably around 11.30 p.m. and the presentations were still going on. Like wow. it, it went late into the night. And if you look at the articles, I mean, they did get, I think it was almost 300 contacts, like letters, emails, the vast majority we're in we're against the idea of reviewing removing books and so to see that kind of support you know and we're seeing it more often like this was at a board meeting um you know we are seeing these kinds of supports coming out more and more and that's huge but pride remains as you said it's it's a protest but it's also kind of a family gathering it's uh it's kind of all-encompassing right yeah it brings together all these different elements which makes it challenging for planners because <laughs> for different meanings, you know, and different reasons, you know, some want more protests, some want more family gatherings, some want more celebration, but it's all of those kind of all wrapped up and rolled into one event, which is, which is huge for our community. As the years go by, hopefully these uh, events continue to pop up in other communities where it's never happened before and continue to expand as more people come in to join in on these celebrations and uh, events. 
And yeah, it's really exciting to hear about the people that were standing up against those book bannings that were proposed. Um, and then even in Winkler, like there was the South Central Regional Library, there was like a petition of names of individuals who were claiming ridiculous things about certain books within the library. So it's important to continue to educate individuals and like you're mentioning with pride, just seeing people out there and understanding, yes, we're people just like anyone else. It doesn't change <laughs> anything. Well, as you mentioned, the library, I mean, that goes way beyond Winkler. I mean, South Central Library is, is it six different communities across Southern Manitoba. Each of those branches has been targeted by people trying to get books pulled from the library. Here in Altona, I've talked to librarians and others People have, you know, gone in there screaming at them. Uh, librarians in our area have been accused of horrible things out when they're just out and about in the community, like not even at work. Um, so, yeah, there is certainly that that pushback, that desire to, for us to be hidden. It's almost kind of got the point, well, fine if you have to be that way, but we, we don't want to see it or know it. Yeah, we don't want to see it. Yeah, it's like, no, we, as you said earlier, we are part of this community. Whether you like it or not, we are here. We're not going anywhere the more and more people are going, yeah, no, these are important members of our community. Our our communities in Southern Manitoba are becoming more and more diverse in many different ways. I mean, race, religiously, and in terms of sexuality and gender. For a lot of us, that's great. It's it's a wonderful thing. It's my role at You Multicultural. I've had the opportunity to meet so many different people of cultural, ethnic, and religious backgrounds and just getting to learn their stories and learn about their culture, I find is not only great to share that content with Winnipeg, but has allowed me to develop as a person. Growing up in Winkler, you know, in a lot of elements, it was very sheltered. Yeah. And having the opportunity to just see the plethora in this mosaic that makes up Canada is just something incredible. So I'm actually on a medical leave right now at school, but uh, prior to that, uh, we've been asked to survey our students and find out, okay, how many different languages are spoken? I mean, and I teach grade five here in Altona. Yeah. And uh, if I recall correctly, just my classroom, which was, we have, I have what, 22 kids. I think we got up to 12, 14 different languages in my classroom alone. You know, uh, I mean, I was talking to one of my students, they dropped by to say hi, and they speak four languages are learning a fifth, like, you know, this sort of thing is going on. Uh, one of my favorites, I mean, you talked about the multicultural aspect of it. A number of years ago, I had a student came up and, and asked, they said, well, I, I need a skin color crayon. <laughs> I kind of looked at them and said, like, what do you mean? Well, a skin color. So, Look around our classroom. <laughs> and I turned around and went, oh, I mean, my skin color. Oh, yeah. okay, I can help you with you know, but it was just that moment of, aha, like, yeah, there is a real diversity in this area that 10, 20 years ago wasn't the case. Or at least you some of those there, you just didn't see it. Deliberate efforts like all of the cultural festivals, like uh, Winterfest uh, in Morden, and then, oh no, I forget the name of the one that takes place in Winkler. The cultural festivals are great opportunities for that. And Pride is just another aspect of all those celebrations, of seeing a different community and celebrating it. Mm -hmm. As we're talking about, you know, the challenges that we're seeing of people uh, approaching librarians and saying things to them. It's really unfortunate that we're starting to see the rhetoric 
<laughs> from the United States permeating here in yeah. Canada. It's really unfortunate because the things that are happening in like Tennessee or Florida are just absolutely horrible. Awareness is so important in challenging some of those very dangerous oh, misconceptions. Yeah. So what are some things that Pemina Valley Pride is doing? I know you mentioned like game nights and things to help yeah. bring the community together, but is there so um, outreach to continue to help educate the broader community? Yes, we've done a few different things. We've partnered with our local school division here in this area. Uh, we had Dr. Reese Malone back in March. He was in the area doing some PE for teachers. Um, and so we organized an evening info session for parents and community members as well. We had Dr. Shane Reitmeyer out of Portage um, do a session uh, online talking about trans healthcare in Manitoba. Even knowing some of the stuff, the, the state of trans healthcare, I mean, when, when you hear these people going on about trans people and, and trying to convince everyone that, well, you know, kids are doing this willy nilly. And then to hear that it can take up to six years for someone to get a surgery that they like a, a gender affirming life-saving surgery mm -hmm. take up to six years in manitoba mm -hmm. and then you've got these people trying to convince everyone oh this is just you know people are doing it on a whim no like people who need it desperately need this exactly have to fight and and hang on for up to six years to get the support and to get the surgeries they need our healthcare system in, in terms of supporting trans folks and others isn't anywhere near where it needs to be. And then it is people spouting lies about what's going on is really concerning and disconcerting. Out in the United States, I watch a lot of content from the United States and they're talking about like they're going to like Trump rallies and things and they're asking people, what percentage of the population do you believe is trans and is transitioning? And the numbers are upwards of like a quarter of the population. <laughs> and it's like, this massive yeah, blown yeah. out, like, yes, there's a lot of trans individuals. And as society continues to be more accepting and welcoming, more are going to be willing or uh, able to transition and be their authentic selves. But it is still just a fraction. Uh, I think it's like maybe 1.2% is the like of estimate of the actual number of individuals who identify as trans, so there's this massive blowout of like, everyone is turning yeah. trans uh, well, sort of thing. And, you know, that's just not the reality at all. Like, what is it, the um, like the, the graph in terms of like left-handedness and then when yes. they stop demonizing it, it's like, yeah, there's just a natural progression. And we're starting to see that plateau in like Gen Z of about 20 or like 20 to 25%, about a quarter are within the 2S LGBTQ plus community. So like, yeah, it's a lot, but like, it's not this massive thing that it seems, you know, cons conservative um, pundits are pushing. Right. I was actually, you're talking about uh, seeing stuff out of the States. I was watching a speaker at, and I don't remember which state legislature it was. Um, but on, like on the flip side, people often try and poo poo the idea that there are intersex individuals. And this person pointed out, who actually himself happened to be red-haired, pointed out that the incidence of intersex individuals is similar to the incidence of red-haired, natural red-haired people. And you could just see some of the wheels turning. like, okay, you know, on the flip side, they're not trying to say that there are lots of intersex people, but you do see some of these pundits trying exactly. to say it's not real. Yes, yes, it is. That, you know, gender, sexuality, these things are not as binary and as 
you know, as isolated as you're trying to make it out, they are. Yeah, yeah, that's the one thing I've had to learn growing up is that for me, it's just something that's always been there, but I never had the education or knowledge to understand, like, you know, what are these things? And when you're in an area and, you know, you feel that, oh, because I also like boys, like, that makes me a bad person, like, that really eats at you. So in terms of these books and things within libraries, it's important to have those materials so that individuals can learn about themselves early on. So they have the language to articulate, you know, what they're feeling. The language to articulate and to see like, oh, it's not just me. You know, this is this is real and gives them language. I know some people eschew labels, um, but at the same time in our society, in our culture, in a lot of ways, labels get people to realize that this is real, that this is something. I mean, uh, a good friend of mine came out, I think in, he would have been in his mid-40s. And, you know, he, he talked about looking back through his life and going, oh, that's why I felt that way. That's why I reacted that. So many things through his earlier years came into focus. And, and I found the same thing when I came out as genderqueer. It was like, Oh, that I look back at pictures of myself as a teen and go, oh, that, that wasn't just being the 80s. That, there was yep. more within that. Oh, definitely. There's all those moments of anyone who's like eventually come to the realization they are somewhere on the spectrum. Like, duh, those things make a lot of sense trying to break out of the mold of what or what society has deemed this is acceptable for like a male, for, for example. And it's just about building the support systems, building those things in place where people just feel welcome to be themselves. Yeah. You know, instead of like, I mean, I think back to and go, there were a number of bands that I, I loved as a teen. Now I, I read across, oh, they were a well-known gay band. I had no <laughs> idea. No idea. But, you know, I'm going, okay, that makes a certain amount uh, of sense. The pieces yeah. are all coming together. <laughs> Well, and, and, and but it really speaks to this idea. If you don't have the language, you don't have the exposure. You know, I listened to their songs. I, you know, I saw their videos because I mean, videos were a huge thing that, you know, that's kind of started when I was in my teens. And I look at it now through what I know now and go, well, how did I not see this? But the time <laughs> I had no language, I had no context. Mm -hmm. I had no way of recognizing what was what this was about i mean it's it's kind of funny now in some ways and but at the same time kind of sad when we're talking about like uh trans healthcare or gender affirming uh care and continuing to support the uh rainbow community uh, an announcement that was made just recently was the gender equity manitoba secretariat and i know in the press release you had uh, a comment in there i guess just uh, what are your feelings about it in talking with people at Pride Winnipeg over the last few years, um, since I've been in my role with Pemina Valley Pride, there is there is a desire to connect. Like you talked about a lot of smaller communities starting to have Pride organizations. I mean, Portage Pride, Brandon Pride, Steinbeck Pride. I think there's Gimli Pride. I think there's one at Thompson, Flin Flont. Like it's all over the place. But um, it we're all small. We're all volunteer organizations. It's really hard to connect. And so part of what I'm excited about with this funding is it will enable Pride Winnipeg to take some leadership at bringing all our various small organizations together um, so that we can coordinate, we can share resources, 
Um, I mean, some of that, I've been able to make some connections over the last few years so that I can connect and get resources and can help connect others. But to have that dedicated you know, um, support is going to be huge for all these smaller ones who are looking, you know, how do I do this? So, you know, someone's looking for this kind of support. How do we do that? Um, it will be a big deal. And I'm really excited to, to see where this is going to go. The first sort of funding of its kind in Manitoba. And it's it's good to see progress is being made. Uh, I know you had on the social media um, asking for like sponsorships and other things. How can people support Pemina Valley Pride? On, we have a website, PeminaValleyPride.ca. And there's uh, there's actually there are resources on there. Um, so, you know, if someone comes out in your family and you're not sure what to do, if you are coming out yourself and looking, those resources are there. Um, but there are things also opportunities to donate financially. Um, I mean, we're not a registered charity, so I mean, we can't issue tax receipts, that sort of thing. Um, but those, but donations. No, you're helping a good cause, right? Well, that's exactly it. You know, it enables us to do things like put on the Pride event, um, like have our games nights and support groups and you know, family events. All those things take money. And I mean, fortunately, the community uh, businesses and individuals in the area have been very supportive financially and have enabled us to do some of these things. And we can look at going, OK, yeah, we can rent a facility for this. We can cover the cost of some of these kinds of things. So, um, you know, if people go to our website, there are instructions there about how they can donate to the organization. Um, if they're not in Pemina Valley, find a local pride organization because guaranteed they can use the funds to, to support the Rainbow community right in that community, wherever, wherever in Canada it is. Thank you so much, Peter, for taking this time to talk with me about pride awareness and celebrating to stand out to be yourself to enjoy the the amazing things out there uh so you're mentioning website uh what is that website where can people go to find out more about you and when does pride officially take place in the pemina valley um the website is pemina valley pride all like no spaces dot ca now we'll get you right to our website um, our Pride event is going to be on Saturday, June the 10th at the park right in Morden. We're planning to start at about one o'clock. Uh, there'll be a bit of an introduction. We're going to be marching kind of through the, the city there, come back to the park for a drag show, and then uh, and have a number of speeches by various members of our community. Once that wraps up, there's actually also the Pembina Hills Arts Council is hosting a drag dinner that evening. Amazing. Yeah, so the tickets are available through Pemina Hills Arts Council, um, phac.ca or .org. I think it's .org. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so there's there's lots of stuff going on in the community that day. And it's, it's exciting. Have any stories you'd like us to share or communities we should highlight? Leave a comment on our social media or reach out to us on our website. I'm Ryan Funk. This was You Talk. And have yourself a good one.